You're listening to Quips and Dips, a podcast about nothing and everything. Relax and stay a while. Hello, it is me, your mystery host, and welcome back to episode three. My God, if you're still listening, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Now, I am changing structure. If you were on my Instagram or Twitter yesterday, then you know that I have changed up how I'm going to be releasing episodes. Um, I wanted to add a little bit of structure. I'm going to be workshopping segments. I'm going to be introducing guests on my show and I wanted to streamline how I do things. So on Monday, we're doing all things nerdy. We're doing comic books, movies based on such things, all like the nerdy things. If it's something more mainstream, you may hear that on either podcast, whichever one maybe is closest to the event that happened. But Fridays are going to be more dedicated to personal experiences, dating, relationships, sex, things of that nature. And I'll be having guests on both shows. But I did this to make sure that your listening experience is streamlined and you're getting what you want. And it's for me to kind of see which topics garner the most attention. And I have a lot of things to say. I've been like dying every week waiting to talk about the next thing and then by the next time the week rolls around I have a new idea and I just want another way to release this information and I want to get started on my sex stuff because truthfully a lot of this has been nerdy and I'm beginning to think that this is all it's going to be so I want to show you guys a different way to do things so that is why I am doing this today. First things first, um, I will be talking about WandaVision, which is obviously the title of the episode, Um, but I wanted to do a little bit of an honorable honorable mention, tongue twisters, honorable mention for Harley Quinn. There is an animated series on HBO Max. Um, I heard about it a while ago, but I hadn't looked into it. I'm definitely late to this gravy train. So let's get into it really quickly. Um, It's definitely worth mentioning. It is a cartoon. It's gory. It's adult. So if you have an issue with either of those things, then, you know, this may not be the show for you. But I love what it did with Harley Quinn. So it took her story from being this hyper-dependent, insecure little girl, and you get to watch her grow. Now, is she perfect, and does she fall back into her habits like anybody does when they're trying to work on change and self-reflection? Yes, which is why I like it. It's so human. It turns, it gives villains in general, all the villains in the DC universe, it gives them a human side to them, except whatever her name was, the one that Wanda Sykes played, Fables, Madam Fables. Oh my God, she's not human. That's okay though. But as a whole, I would say they definitely humanized everybody from the Joker even all the way through Harley Quinn and Scarecrow, Bane. And they made it funny. The show is so funny. It is set in Gotham, obviously. They have the Legion of Doom. And they have all these villains together. And and the first season right now, I just got, I'm in the first season. Harley Quinn is trying to get into the Legion of Doom. But it's crazy. And it's so much fun. I feel like I can't say that enough. 
what they did with her story was really nice. She befriends Poison Ivy, who's very independent, and she doesn't really consider herself a villain because she believes that her mission is environmental safety, and that's not an act of villainy, which, you know, to an extent, yes, but I believe she's maimed people in the past. So there's that. But they just put a really funny twist on it. It's constantly making me laugh. And Bane is a standout little side character. He's so cute and funny. The thing is, like, you really end up liking these characters. The only one you really, I feel like, dislike, and it's kind of like you have to, is, like, the Joker. And the show will explain to you why. I mean, it's there to, he's there to thrust Harley's story you can't really give him too many forgivable qualities because you really need to hate him the way she hates him. So that's how it goes. It's amazing. The cast is totally stacked. If you give it a chance, you will not regret it. So give it a shot. Check out the cast list before you even go in. The cast is stacked. I don't even want to give too much away, but Kaylee Cuoco does star as Harley Quinn and Lake Bell plays Ivy. And if you don't know who they are, give them a shot. It's a really good show. Just super quality. And I think you'll have a really good time. Just remember, like, it is a little gory. It's definitely not child appropriate. There's a lot of cursing. Just want to make that clear before you start watching this with, like, your kids in the next room. That's up to you. That is at your discretion. So moving on, I took some notes on WandaVision and I feel like this is going to take a bit to get through but I am going to try my absolute best to move quickly and efficiently. Um, Hopefully this goes well. So if you don't know who Wanda and Vision are and if you don't want spoilers you're going to have to stop listening now and come back after you finish to hear my thoughts because honestly I cannot turn it off. I am living And I don't know how to do this without spoilers. (laughs) So spoilers ahead, spoilers ahead. This is your chance to click away. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. All right. WandaVision. If you don't know who they are, they are in the MCU. Um, Wanda Maximoff is the Scarlet Witch. And Vision is the like super AI bot made by Tony Stark um, that is born in Age of Ultron. Um, But he was always part of Tony's AI that he worked with, um, his right-hand man, basically, in all of the other movies. Um, You've heard Paul Bettany's voice since Iron Man 1, which I thought was cool. He didn't get a face in the MCU until Age of Ultron, which is the second Avengers movies. Not until the end of Phase 2 did we even see Paul Bettany's face. And yet he had the audacity to start every single phase of the Marvel series. Just think about that. I think that's wild. Um, Somebody pointed that out, though. I didn't have that thought on my own. Um, Paul Bettany started every phase. That was Reddit user Ashura5000. Credit goes to them. Um, That was really cool, though. So this show is a retro pastiche kind of show and it is first episode is set in the 1950s. Um, 
she makes a comment about um, his indestructible head. I can only assume that that's definitely a callback to Infinity War, where she, where the where Thanos kills him via basically smashing his skull in to remove the stone from it. Um, there's also something strange about the show. So it's written like a 1950s sitcom. It has all of those short, quippy little sitcom jokes, which work for the time period, but they're cheesy. But it, that's why it works, because it's very much set in the time. They really bring you into the 50s with that. Um, but they also have an issue. Wanda and Vision are married in this reality and they cannot answer specific questions about themselves to anybody. People ask them when they got there, how long they've been there, how long have they been together, things like that. And it comes into play later on in the series, in the show, I mean, in this episode, specifically the first episode. They just can't answer anything specific about them. Um, but they know that they're, she knows she's a witch. She knows he has his superpower. Like they know these things. They just can't voice like specific things about them as people so set in the 1950s for the first episode and there there are a few small things there's a you know the toaster is stark industries and then there's like a there's a commercial in each episode which and it's themed for the time period so the first episode there was a toaster it's a stark industries toaster obviously we're calling back to tony stark that's not a hidden fact and then in the second episode, the there's a watch commercial for a Strucker, and it has a Hydra symbol on it. Um, Strucker was the man who, if you remember Age of Ultron in the very beginning, he has the little monocle. He was the guy kind of behind making Wanda and her brother Pietro kind of who they are. He was behind those experiments. He was in charge there. Um, he's a Hydra agent, obviously. So... They have those really obvious um, call-outs. And then everything in this world is very non-specific, at least very much so in the first episode. The second episode, you don't get to see it as much. But he's going to work in the first episode, Vision, and he can't answer any questions. Like, they don't know any answers to his questions. He's like, what do we do here? His jobs, the company's name is Computational Services, and they're like, you know, we compute things and we have productivity. And he's like, of what? Do we sell something? No. Do we do? They have no answer. So it's a very unspecific world. Um, obviously, like this is not a real world. So that's where we're at on that. I don't know if that's a nod to like 1950s being very generic or like a very like a TV show being very generic in that way. Or if this is part of the illusion being a little lazy. Um. And then let's talk about something really quick. They mentioned the fact that Wanda is from Sokovia, which if you do remember Age of Ultron is the city that floats up in the air and uh, ultimately gets smashed down. But they get most of the people off and not all. And it causes the whole thing in Civil War. Anyway, I digress. I try. I'm trying so hard to stay on topic because I really don't want to waste anybody's time. And I want to keep it about WandaVision. Um, and then at the end, I'm going to tell you a little, a little tidbit about myself. Um, so something I noticed, and I, everybody has noticed this, but can we explain why Elizabeth Olsen just completely lost her accent? And I don't want to hear assimilation. Um, assimilation is when you move somewhere and your accent starts to change a bit because you've been living there for so long. 
she has not been here that long. Okay. I would say for an adult to completely assimilate is rare. Not unheard of. The younger you are, the more likely you are to have your accent change a bit. But that's not unheard of. We have um, an example I can think about the top of my head is Tan France from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, the new series, the like reboot of it. He is, I think he's English, but his accent's kind of like non-denominational and people keep thinking he was like faking the accent and the truth was that he had just been living in the States for so long that his accent has started to change. So that is normal and he was an adult person. So it is totally normal, but she's her accent isn't different. She literally does not have one anymore. And the original one wasn't great. So I think maybe that's that could be a reason. Like her accent wasn't amazing. It just felt like it got less and less and less until it was completely gone. So that was just a side note that I wrote here. Um, and another random <laughs> random thought from this episode. I wrote, Why did I write this down? So... She there's a scene where she's trying to cook using her ironically she cannot just poof a meal into existence even while having all of the ingredients there in front of her she's like cooking with her power so she has like a pot stirring over here and then a pot boiling over there and then blah 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 and she like goes to cook the chicken with her powers and she overcooks it so she goes too much and she goes to like rewind it and then it reverts into a basket of eggs why would it be a basket of it's just one chicken it would just be one egg right am i crazy that bothered me it was i noticed it on the first watch i've now watched it a few times um staring the wife is like stop it stop it stop it like playfully and like a thousand times um and it's really uncomfortable um it's obviously like something is weird is happening in the scene and they want you to feel this way, so it's very clear. And then ultimately, Wanda says, Vision, help him. And Vision phases into his throat, takes out the piece of meat, and saves his life. Um, and then the scene ends with them really liking them. And he gets his promotion. And, and then the show ends. And when the show ends, the uh, the camera pans outward as if somebody were watching this sitcom on a television and you see the symbol for sword which is if you don't know what sword was I did go ahead and look up the exact definition so I'm not just spitballing ideas here because sword is a new thing in the comics it wasn't invented and written in until um, 2004 so it's fairly new compared to a lot of the other comic books sword is a fictional counterintelligence agency it is the um space-based counterpart of shield which a lot of us know and it stands for sentient world observation and response department um and this was written by joss whedon into the um x-men comics in 2004 um joss whedon is a writer that if you hear his name on a project, you know it's going to be good. Let me elaborate a little bit. Um, and I definitely think he needs a full shout out because Joss Whedon, he has writing credits on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Age of Ultron, and Avengers 1, and other projects that you may have heard of like Toy Story, Firefly, dollhouse angel buffy the vampire slayer which is my personal all-time favorite show 
like there is nothing better um and he also has writing credits in justice league on the dc side of things and if you watch justice league it's a terrible terrible movie but i did laugh at a lot of the writing and i didn't know until today as i'm saying this i was looking up some stuff about joss whedon did not know that he was a writer on the movie but it occurred to me so a few like i don't know how long ago i said this to my boyfriend but I said to him when after we watched um, Infinity War at some point, there's a line in Infinity War that Spider-Man goes, hi, I'm Peter Parker. And Doctor Strange responds, Doctor Strange or Stephen Strange or something like that. And he goes, oh, we're using our we're using our made up names. I'm Spider-Man then. And it's a funny, quick bit. And then. um. In Justice League, there's a very similar line where the Flash, who is definitely Spider-Man's counterpart in the DC universe, um, the Flash goes, uh, my name is the Flash. Or, or no, my name is, I forget his name. Oh my God, I it's not, I'm not a big DC fan. So he says his name and then somebody says their name and it's the same thing. He says, oh, we're using our made up names. And he says, I'm the Flash. It, so when I first said this to my boyfriend, he was like, oh, is this lazy writing? And I was like, I'm going to take it as Josh Whedon's nod to the two of them being so closely related in the comic books. Um, I would never call Josh Whedon a lazy writer. Uh, that's just my personal opinion, and I refuse to believe it. So there's that. And then thank you, Josh Whedon, for writing so much amazing material he really is a talented writer if you see his name on something just know it's going to be good all of the shows I mentioned Angel Dollhouse Firefly while they didn't have long um season arcs they definitely are shows that I hold very close to my heart and the they are some of they are my favorite shows they are what make me me um so there's that and I really appreciate Joss Whedon's writing it's not very often that you can say that about somebody. So we go into episode two. I'm going to be a little more brief with this one since I kind of got you into the universe. Episode two has a different intro and it is we've moved into the 1960s. So the first episode was the 1950s. We moved into the 1960s and it's got a very like the nanny kind of intro, um, like part cartoon, whatever. It is a really good sh a really good intro and throughout the episode we see some new faces. She has a new hairdo. Everything about this episode is different than the first aside from the fact that they're in this world where they still don't know really who they are and they have some non-specific things. There is a noise in this episode that bothers them throughout the episode um, and she goes outside and she finds this guy coming out of the sewer in a beekeeping outfit and you hear the voice of Jimmy Woo who is if you watched um my goodness if you watched Ant-Man 2 he's the agent the Asian man who is like the main agent on his case he goes to his house to take off the um what is that thing around his ankle the <laughs> what is that called <laughs> ankle <laughs> I don't even remember oh my god I am drawing a complete blank but you know what I'm talking about when you have when you have, when you're on house arrest and you have the anklet <laughs> that thing 
Oh my Lanta. That was a struggle. I'm going to keep it though. Keep the struggle. Keep it alive. So you hear his voice in that scene and then again at the end. Um, and he's asking like, Wanda, are you okay? Wanda, who's doing this to you? And she can like kind of hear it, but she can't. Um, also small tidbit of information is that we also see another character that was from another one of the Marvel movies. We have, um, Monica Rambeau, but she's not known as such yet. She is known as Geraldine. Um, but there was confirmation that this actress is playing Monica Rambeau she is the daughter of the friend from Captain Marvel so if you watch Captain Marvel she had her friend that she went back to her house that she was in the Air Force with and it was her daughter so there's definitely going to be some connecting here and apparently she is too trapped in this world she says something along the lines of but she doesn't make it seem like she's part of it at first you have to like understand so she says something along the lines of i have no idea why i'm here and you kind of brush it off because it sounds like she's just shooting the shit with her friend in the scene shout out also Joss Whedon wrote Buffy the Vampire Slayer and we did have a cameo. If you do watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Anya was in this episode. The actress that played Anya, whose name escapes my mind at this moment. Um, I'm embarrassed of it, but that is just the truth. So that is kind of where we're standing. I also did not mention, maybe I did at the very beginning, but I want to reiterate The show was in complete black and white, episodes one and two. However, at the end of the first episode, I mean the second episode, my apologies, at the end of the second episode, they get transferred into color. And their clothes are changing. It looks like they're headed for the 1970s. So it looks like every episode is going to be maybe in a new decade. I don't know that this is going to last. I mean, there are, I believe, nine episodes scheduled in the season. Do I think they're going to go all the way until today? Maybe. Um, But there hasn't been that many decades since then. So I don't really know how they're going to go about this. I'm sure we'll get some more answers. I'm very excited to see where the show is going. I am going to be re-watching and watching and taking even more better detailed notes. But this is my first time kind of doing that and I wanted to give it a shot. And I wanted to get this episode ready to go for Monday. This is going to be a little tough because my schedule is very lax when it comes to recording. However, I'm going to be watching the show when it's released on the Friday And then by Monday, I will have the episode, uh, I will have recorded my information about the episode. So, I mean, some people do that recording the same night as an episode and release the next day. Um, I may have to do that. You never know. So that's what you have to look forward to from me on a personal note. One thing I wanted to share with you guys, uh, my nerdy nerdles, I am re-watching the Marvel movies with my boyfriend And we decided to do this thing. So we both have a list. A list of the movies we liked ranked. Like how we feel like we like them. But we made this list randomly after not having seen the movies in succession in a long time. So what we decided to do was now that we're going through them again, we wanted to re-rank them as we watch them to see how things change. I'm going to say this. 
I mean, if you want to hear my list, let me know. I'll tell you my whole list. Like, it's not a big deal. But one movie that stood out to me that I definitely had way lower on my list was um, Thor 2. I enjoyed that more the second time around. It's, like, not a bad movie. I thought it was so much slower paced in my head. I, like had it so made up in my head that it was like so slow but it really isn't if you appreciate and know the movies and I appreciated Hulk this time around I didn't love it I mean it's a little old but it is also like so disconnected from the universe um so the Hulk movie moved up on my list so far and so did Thor 2 and Iron Man 3 another one that I didn't think I enjoyed that much but going back to watch it again I really did enjoy it there were just very few things I didn't like about Iron Man 3 if you want to hear more information about what movies I like and what movies I don't like and yada yada blah let me know I'm so down to talk about it but that's it for now I truly appreciate you for listening come back for Friday I'm gonna be talking about some saucy stuff Let's get it going over and out. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Quips and Dips. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll catch you in the next one.